I'm Adriana Stein, and this is SEO in 2023. Adriana, what is your number one SEO tip for 2023? Yeah, so my tip involves basically not freaking out about ranking volatility because (laughs) it's a very common issue, uh, especially with Google algorithm updates. And it's also one of the things that I get asked most often in terms of SEO. When we see a huge drop or something like that, does that mean that we need to automatically go and make changes? That's what ranking volatility is. It means that the keyword rank that you have is not stable. It's changing all the time. So my first advice for that is really don't freak out when you see that. There are ways of handling that and uh, going about it in a much more methodical way than just dumping in and and trying to create new content or something like this. (laughs) Yeah, stop checking your rankings every 30 minutes and uh, uh, getting your mobile phone out. Oh, I've gone up, I've gone down. You also say that Google is A-B testing results. So so, so what do you mean by that? Yeah, so um, Google is constantly A-B testing results uh, because they they want to provide the best information to the user that that matches the search intent behind the query, that also provides the best possible content for that query. And everyone and their grandma nowadays is doing SEO, which is awesome because it is very powerful and it is very valuable when you have a good strategy behind it. But that means that even if you get a number one spot, it doesn't mean you're going to hold it, even for more than 24 hours. Maybe someone else has come and beat you in that time frame already. That's normal. It's not something to freak out about. And, you know, it, like David said, uh, d- you know, be checking every 30 minutes on your phone. Where's my keyword at now? It's better to look at it holistically over a longer period of time. I remember in the good, good old days, I used to get keyword rankings for two years. So you're saying that's not possible anymore? <laughs> Uh, in today's world of SEO, and, and certainly for, for next year, no. I think that it's it's just not wise or logical to look at keyword rankings as static. I think if you, especially when you have like an agency and a client type relationship, like I do, I'm working at an agency and, you know, how we describe our keyword progress, our keyword ranking progress and our SEO progress we should always look at things from a bigger span of time and an average, and that's going to give you a lot more accurate picture because there's so many changes all the time. Everyone's making changes to their content all the time. New competitors pop up. Behavioral changes, that's the other big thing too. You know, I saw a very great uh, LinkedIn post the other day that was like, oh, let's see uh, how the SERPs change uh, based on the, the search query King Charles, you know, because before that would have maybe been mostly a dog. And now we have a very different definition of King Charles. And so, of course, uh, the number one article for King Charles probably is no longer number one anymore uh, because that search behavior has entirely changed. But if you started optimizing the the King version of that a year ago and build some decent links, that would have given you a a great um, head start to begin with. That's true. Although I think if you spent time doing that, you'd be a little bit morbid because you would have been predicting the Queen's death. But if that's your strategy, all right, go for it. (laughs) (laughs) So, So... Let's get back to having a little think about what Google is A-B testing. And um, is it just the case where if Google discovers a new web page from perhaps a competitor of yours, it wants to test that page 
in the same position as your page just to see if there's a difference in click-through rate? Is it, is it also testing other things? Is it doing things like changing meta descriptions, for instance, and perhaps even titles as well to see if there's a difference in click-through rate from that? Yeah, exactly. It's testing really all of that, all of that in tandem and really at very minute detail as well. So SEO nowadays and into 2023, you also have to think of it as a holistic process. SEO is not just about getting your keyword rankings in the SERPs. It's also about who actually clicks on your content, on your on your link, and then what they actually do once they're on your website, how they behave reading through your content. Has it been useful for them or, or do they just find it annoying or frustrating and, and then leave? And with a lot of the updates um, that Google implemented last year, that had to do with core web vitals and also content quality, especially in terms of page design and page structure. And this year, they've really focused on helpful content. That was one of the biggest updates that just rolled out. And so that's why if you can look at it from this holistic process, then that's the best way to really track uh, your SEO strategy, because Google is looking at it like that, and that's why it's changing all the time. So they test somewhere around 80% of metadata, so the, the titles and the information that's even under those and the meta description, so those little things that pop up in the SERPs, they're changing around 80% of that all the time. It's still worthwhile to go and fill it in yourself because you know that's great if you have written a good accurate one and Google keeps it, fantastic. That means it's good for the user as well. But don't be afraid if they're replacing it because they're probably trying to show what is the most helpful for the reader and then get that click-through rate. And then they're also gonna look at, like I mentioned, how the reader is behaving on that page. So, you know, maybe they have, this website has a very good uh, keyword ranking number one for something or other that does match the search query, but their content is really bad quality or their website is even really slow. Like it takes five seconds to load everything and there's tons of videos and then they're gonna remove that anyways, because it, it just, it's that would not be considered helpful content anymore. So how does Google measure degree of helpfulness? Um, if we're looking at the SERP again, and is it just click-through rate or do they have other ways of measuring the difference between two different uh, URLs? Yeah, that's a really qu good question. I think probably the best person to answer that is John Mueller. <laughs> he would have a, a much better <laughs> answer than me, but... Um, I, I couldn't get them on. Maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe next year. <laughs> maybe next year. Um, but what what I do know is that it's just a huge amount of data analysis. It's a huge, huge, huge like billions of data points that they're looking at from all, all these different angles, all of the different websites, all of the different competitors, all of the different users, and then just basically trying the, to find the best possible information and show that to the user. That's always been the foundation of what Google has done, or at least that's that's been what they have said that they're trying to do. And I think they have really, especially the last few years, uh, really matured their ability to do this quite heavily because you, you don't see so often anymore websites who pop up using like really spammy backlink techniques or really poor co content quality. Sometimes still in really niche areas, you, you will see a few things that, that pop up. Um, I predominantly work in B2B and sometimes we see this with IT in particular because IT has a very long technology history, a very long content history. And sometimes you'll see some older stuff that looks a bit strange, but predominantly content nowadays is for the large part, very high quality. And that's what Google is going to, to put up 
first. And so you, you know, you have to kind of keep up with Google's changes as well. And as, as long as, you know, you keep improving, you keep optimizing and always, always keeping the audience at the forefront of anything you do in your strategy, then Google is going to recognize that as well. Okay. So you say you should be checking your average rankings over um, a, a longer period of time and not just rankings over a, an individual piece of time. So what, what period of time are we talking about here? Is it the last seven rolling days, the last month? Um, what, what period is best? Yeah, so there's a few factors to consider there. One is how long you've been doing SEO. So if you've only been doing SEO for like a month, then probably it doesn't even make sense to really check your keyword rankings within that month at all, because probably nothing has changed or maybe it's gone up and down and up and down, but you're not really going to get any accurate information over that time period. But if you've been doing SEO for like three years, for example, and you want to measure a high purchase intent keyword. So this is something that's really, really related to your product or your service offering, and you know it brings in conversions or leads, then that maybe you would wanna check on a monthly basis and just see on average what's happening there, check the other competitors and see what they're doing. But I think on average, generally speaking, even three months is also okay because there's there's just so many changes that happen within a given period of time. We see on our projects on a really regular basis, there will be a page that is ranked in top three, and then a week later, it's at like 80-something randomly, and it's, it's not an indexing issue. It's still indexed, so it's not that Google's not finding it. It's just probably Google's doing some A-B testing, and then it moves it back up again, and so... You can create, Google Data Studio is very, very helpful for this. You can create visuals for the average ranking for different keywords. And then I think that's really the best way to look at that. And how does that average perform over time? I mean, three months seems quite long, but I mean, it's, it's certainly appropriate to take a, an average and, um, and and not rush too much into concluding that um, you've suffered yeah. permanent um, <laughs> rankings or, uh, loss. I mean, uh, how, how long, how many hours or days does it take before you can uh, finally think, I, I've lost my rankings? Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, like I said, the, the factor really depends on how long you've been doing SEO and how, how often you're really doing it in terms of like content production. Are you producing maybe two pieces of content per month or are you producing like 30? Then maybe you would want to check them more often if you're doing more content production versus if you're doing less. It would also depend on the industry competition. So if you have a lot of competition in your industry, volatility is just, it's going to happen. It's really going to happen because you have people competing for those top spots all the time. They're constantly optimizing. The big players have the budgets to do that and they're going to try to knock people out. So it's, yeah, it's, it's hard. Like I hate giving this answer. Like it depends, but I think if you look at it on average from somewhere between month, one month to three months, the average in that, that's going to give you a good amount of information of whether something strange has happened, like a Google algorithm update, and you know you just need to wait to see how that impact has been, or if you truly do need to go and make some changes to your content. Let's see if we can get some specific recovery steps from you. So if you've <laughs> decided to actually, yes, I've been knocked out, I've definitely been knocked out, I can't get anywhere near where I was before, what are some initial steps that you would do to actually try and determine what's happened and then try to recover from there? 
Yeah, so data is really going to be your best friend here. You would, yeah, you would want to look at how far that average has really dropped. Is it just a little bit or is it like extreme? If it's extreme, then, you know, I mentioned this example of, you know, check if, if your page is even indexed anymore. Maybe for some reason it's not even being found and that's why it's dropped and it's not showing up. So you just got to make sure you have all of the technical bits. You'd also want to check your competitors. So what changes have your competitors made? Maybe there's a new page that ranks above yours because it is simply better. And so what can you do to go back and then beat them again? You can also look at the technical elements of your website. So has your website gotten really slow? Maybe if you use WordPress, for example, um, we see this quite often that when you do have to do a plugin update, it can majorly affect site speed. And so you know, maybe go and check if your website or this particular page even has gotten really slow because of some update in your CMS. You can also look at Google Analytics traffic. So if the page has a really high uh, bounce rate for some reason, this could happen. For example, let's say you created some content that was for 2021 and it performed really well and it had some good rankings, but then it's 2022 now and people see the data is outdated, so they're not using it anymore. So then you need to go and update it again. So it's really just... Nearly 2023. Yeah, I know, nearly 2023 now as well. So it's just, it's a lot of like looking at the data and seeing what you can identify based on the data. Great tips there. So you've shared what SEO should be doing in 2023. So now let's talk about what SEO shouldn't be doing. So what's something that's seductive in terms of time, but ultimately counterproductive? Something that SEO shouldn't be doing in 2023? Yeah, so... I think one of the big things, which is quite heavily our, our stance at AS Marketing and, and our SEO processes, is looking at SEO from a holistic domain approach and trying to build content pillars and, and groups of content uh, that are intended to talk about a holistic topic. So you, you build topical authority, which means that your website, your domain covers a, a topic in many different ways and it actually becomes a ranking factor across your domain as well. So the more that you holistically cover a topic and you cover it well across your entire content, then the more you are going to rank for all of that content across your entire website. So I think that it can be tempting to think of SEO and doing this like piecemeal approach. You know, we're going to do one blog here or one blog there and one landing page here and one landing page there. But the issue with that is you're not really building topical authority and you, you're not really accumulating organic traffic like you really could be if, if you were trying to build out holistic content pillars, so groups of, of related topics and really covering, uh, really covering a topic holistically. And it, it is a core ranking factor, especially we've seen it with the helpful content update. It really matters now more than ever to cover every aspect of a topic because that's how you prove that you're a trustworthy and a reliable source. So it can be tempting to go like piece by piece because you would think, well, the resource investment there, the time and, and the money and everything to get everything done in terms of the content would be cheaper. But in the long run, you're actually choosing the more expensive and the less effective route because you're just elongating the time it will take you for your SEO strategy to really perform. Understood. So essentially stop blogging about whatever comes to mind that day. 100%. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to say it. Adriana Stein is founder and CEO at AS Marketing, and you can find her over at asmarketingagency.com. Adriana, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2023. Awesome. Thank you so much. Get your copy of SEO in 2023, the book, 
over at seo in 2023.com.